Welcome to Recurring Nightmares, episode 34. I am Jeff, joined as always by Chris. That's me. And this month on the pod, uh, we, we're going to ask, what do you do? Wait, what, what is he? When does a dream become a nightmare? Um, uh, yeah, we got two teacher versus student movies that we're covering from the 80s tonight. Uh, but first, as always, we get into what we've been watching. And Chris, I'll start yeah. with you. Yeah, what right. have you been up to this month? What's what's what have you been watching? Quite a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah, me too. A little bit. Seen, seen a seen, seen. I went to went to the theater a few times. Um, uh, but uh, real quick, I watched Vengeance, which I believe was on your top ten. It was made it, yeah. Um, I really like that. That was a uh, Jeff's review is pretty spot on on that yeah. one. Uh, good fun time. It's on Peacock, so go give that a go. Uh, but in terms of new movies, um, so Megan, yeah, yeah, I'm, I haven't um, gotten to that one yet. I liked it. I think it's out on uh, it, it might is. be out on VOD now, but it's probably in that $20 range, yeah. I'm waiting a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I I liked it. I thought it was very fun. Um I I know that you were like you were kinda like, uh, I don't I don't know if I want to go out and see it. Uh, no, no, I, I, I just um we had, you had heard that we're gonna do like maybe an un- unrated cut or something like that and Well yeah, um, I, I hope that they do because I heard it it's it's pretty neutered, but I also heard it's good. And I wanted to see it. I just couldn't make it that weekend. And it it is a bit neutered, but I'm also not sure that the added violence or gore adds anything to it. Um, there there is a scene that that is pretty neat. Um, uh, where she's going after this bully kid. Uh, and and that that like what they show in that is pretty. <laughs> pretty out there to start with so i think some of that's in the trailer is like they're like in the woods or something or, yeah, yeah yeah and like what she does to him is pretty gross <laughs> yeah and, and terrible um and there's like another scene uh there's another kill that she does that they they don't they show the after effects of it but like they kind of pull away they don't show her doing it um but i'm not sure that either of them add anything really to uh, you know, if they if they had more gore in either of those scenes, if they, if they add anything to it, I think it works really well by itself. It's fun sci-fi, yeah. you know, horror adjacent type thing. I mean, it, it it's horror with like you know, it's small wonder gone wrong. So yeah, yeah, uh, good time. Uh, definitely I, worth a watch. I I can't wait to see. It. I'm a big fan of creepy doll movies. We haven't done one of those. We haven't done a creepy doll episode yet. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's something I'll work on. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to keep keep a uh, keep a look on. There's there's a, there's a few of them out there. Oh yeah. Um, and Allison Williams, like man, she is she's picking some wild, wacky horror shit. Uh, she was in Get Out, uh, which yeah. you know, conceptually pretty nutso. Um, she was in uh, was it the? Can't remember. It was like the viola. It was like the where she she played like an instrument. The perf the 
perfectionist. Uh, or yeah, the, perfect. The, the perfection, I think. Yeah. So, so I, I didn't like it. I know you liked it. More. I, it was goofy. Like yeah, I was weird. And, it was. Yeah, and this is like she picked like another one here. Wild shit. Like just she's picking some wild, weird, <laughs> off the wall horror stuff. Like if I see her name now in a horror film like it's kind of like yeah i want to watch that because it's going to be out there might not be great might not love it but she's going to give you something to kind of chew on in the campy sort of way uh so yeah and i think they confirmed megan too i don't know if i needed more megan but whatever uh i saw plane yeah sounds like a super generic i mean the name is just terrible it's just plane like <laughs> yeah, yeah. um that was it's a fun kind of throwback action film I, I enjoyed that one as well uh cause, like i would uh, for you uh knowing <laughs> knowing your you know issues with with uh flights yeah um i would hold off on watching that movie until after uh after your vacation oh yeah that's the plan i that's um i love the trailer for that and i was like it wasn't one that i'd like necessarily rush out to the theater but even if that hits vod like tomorrow i'm waiting it is. After it, my it, trip. It's, it's it's out there it's on it's on view oh yeah, VOD yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be waiting i want to see it but i don't need that in my head yeah as no I'm you do not it is like it is horrific uh like the 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 action that happens on the plane is nightmarish in a way that is like yeah, this could happen and no fucking way. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's my thing with flying. I'm uh, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, it's so safe." I'm like, "I understand it's safe. Like, I get it. I I understand." But the thing is, let's say I'm the unlucky person yep. that is on that one bad flight. I can't think of a way to go that would be worse than that for me. <laughs> like, I just like I can't deal with it, dude. Like, it combines like all my fears like, into one. <laughs> it's it's terrifying um i thought that was done really well and then then it's like then it becomes an action movie after that like you know like action uh, on the ground right yeah like like like, like a hostage type situation um and that that's fun too um it is not like it is not elevated about it is just like one of those throwback action films that we don't yeah it, it it's not that we don't get them anymore we don't get them in theaters anymore like this is a yeah. film that like you just wouldn't get now uh, fun fun time um another one i saw in theater avatar the way of water i saw that as well uh it's good yeah yeah i'm not like a huge fan of that series but um, I, I liked if i rewatched the first one before going to see this um i, I watched that one more yeah. i watched it for the first time before going to see it and i i, I like like um the first one anyways visually near the end like first off when it gets to the action near the end it's awesome action yeah, yeah. and just the visual of like the the metal fucking machines coming against the you know going up against the like nature people like i don't know it was just like a really cool sci-fi visual and yeah. a lot of fun and then for me personally avatar 2 is like the, more of that, the same thing again, but with a yeah. stupider story. Yes. I did not like the story at all. Like, uh, yeah, well, I, I, there's like it's a three hour and 15 minute movie or some, somewhere around that. And it, it basically the conflict is the exact same. 
except, for less of a reason because yeah. the first one had a good reason, and then this is just like, well, we gotta go get them because they're the rebels, and it's like, but why? Like you lost, like you don't, they don't even like reiterate like why it was just because oh, because that guy's out there, we gotta get him. It's like, well, fucking why? Yeah, like that's what's wild about it too, right? So like they they started off and like oh, like you know, Jake is. He's performing raids on the human settlement or whatever. Fine, you know, whatever. They're, they're still, but yeah, we're gonna go after him. Fine. You cost him to run away. Like he runs halfway around the fucking world, and no, we're still gonna chase him. There's no reason to, because he's no longer in charge of of the faction. Why would you track him down across the world, like? He's here's, not causing any problem. Here's how you know we're just doing part one again because they bring back Stephen Lang for no fucking reason. Oh, like it's so bad. Like we need we need the general that was in charge of the first one. Like we need a, like a backup of him so they, they like clone him and bring him back or whatever. Put his consciousness there. But it's like he was the guy that got his ass kicked in the first one. Why do you need him back? It makes no sense, dude. Like yeah, let's bring back the guy that lost. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And they like, like introduce this like badass like general or she's supposed to be a badass right like she's like this general lady on the ground and she she's in like three scenes and we never see her again like uh, what is it like they just focus on this other dude and he goes through all the same stuff jake did and is able like so all all humans in the avatars are able to do the the shit that like because they make a big deal out of like taming the the flying like the pterodactyl things in the yeah. first one and like you know jake does it like pretty you know it's like oh wow that that's crazy like but then like these dudes these like marine dudes just come along and do it too <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know I, I didn't think there was any there was no real conflict for them it was like we're just hiding out and like the kids are the star which is fine i don't mind kids being in the lead, but like they they have no story either. I didn't like the Stephen Lang's kid who like apparently he like knocked someone up or I don't know, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, Spider the, the yeah the, the human so stupid. Kid. I look, I'm not a huge fan of either of them. I think like this, you know, it's, it's whatever. It's, it's all about spectacle. it's all about getting to that. I think when they get to that here, it's it's good again. But yeah, it's also just like well. We've done this, you know. I I was fine with just one of them. This time it's I in water. Hundred percent. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly. Like I was like, I mean, I'll watch. I'll watch a third. Yeah, like, it's enjoyable enough. Yeah, it's uh, fine. Like, you know, it's a three-hour movie that didn't like feel particularly long to me. Like it, it's fine. Like it's just, it's a pretty film. It's a spectacle. I felt it. My there's people that it's like a religious experience for them, and I had them on both sides of me. During oh wow! So you have my wife, who is one of these people. It's so beautiful, and she's like crying at the end, and like, and then there was a girl on the left of me with her, you know, significant other, and she was just like reacting to everything, like holding her fans up, her hands up to her face, gasping, crying. The whole thing throughout the whole movie, and I'm just like, have you guys never seen movies before? Like, none of this is like, <laughs> like, pretty it, like the story, the storytelling is not like, I don't know, dude. I mean, I remember being blown away by Titanic back in the day, and that, like, when you look at that, it's like, the storytelling is pretty, you know, yeah, whatever. I mean, at least that's Cameron, like human beings, like, kind of. Yeah, yes. James Cameron's a visual storyteller, right? He is able to do spectacle. 
really well. The um, scripts are like very <laughs> standard, like yeah, Hallmark Hallmark sentiment type stuff. And, I guess that works for people. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like whatever. Like, and I, I I do not begrudge them at all. Like, if that's what you're into, cool. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just no, like, no, neither. I, I think it's perfectly fine. It's just this one did not hit the way the first one did it's it's super pretty again but yeah it's whatever yeah i think i felt the same way about this as you i'm like it's fine it's totally yeah. fine but uh I, I one was enough i don't know and i'm like you i'm like ah, i guess i'll go see because again because my wife likes it i you know whatever like it's fine yeah i mean it's i'll go, big movie I, to go see like I, yeah i like going out to to see big movies with people like i i mean i saw it well after the fact and um you know, there were still people in the theater, which was nuts. Like, who's going yeah, to see a doing, movie five weeks later? Like, it's doing gangbusters again. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because, like, everybody, the, all the talk before it was like, oh, this is gonna bomb. Like, who's I, gonna go see this? And, like, you don't bet against James Cameron. I think that's, yeah. that's the, uh, the I, lesson I, here. I was proven wrong. Like, w- earlier last year, I was like, this ain't gonna be shit, dude. And then, like, as it got closer, I, it became clear to me that I was wrong, and then when it came out, it was, I was definitely like, I was wrong. Um, uh, real quick, I have you heard of the movie Terror Train? I I saw your review of it, I think, but that's like all the, I've heard of it. Well, so there, there's the the original Terror Train is like 1980 something. Yeah, uh, J- Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, slasher yeah. film on a train. I've they remi- they re- to be remade it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Last okay. year, to, to to be remade this basically the same film, uh, but you know with a CW cast, <laughs> like uh, so very pretty looking people, uh, but no real substance to anything. Uh, it didn't need to be remade, but it exists. It's fine. They also made a sequel to that. Which has zero reason for existing, and is absolute shit. <laughs> They're be, both out there on Tubi, though. Must be cheap rights or rewrites. Uh, the I've seen pieces of the original like on Shutter TV, but I've never I've never seen it. It's fine. It is a it's a generic slasher film. Yeah. Like I think the setting is pretty neat because like yeah, you're. I like anything on like a train or a boat, like where where the victims can't escape right like yeah. you can't get off a train if it's still moving which i never understood like why wouldn't you just stop the train <laughs> like, yeah. get everybody off they don't do that in, in any of these um and uh you know same with a boat or whatever i think that those types of settings are really cool uh but <laughs> it's a bad movie it's <laughs> like really really stupid um and i'll leave the last one uh for you, because uh, you went and saw it too. So, oh yeah, so the, the brand new Brandon Cronenberg film, Infinity Pool. Yeah, I want to hear what you thought first. I, I, have, my, I have my thoughts. I really liked it. Um, yeah, I. So, I think it's really neat. Like it's a cool exploration, awesome sci-fi concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which I mean, uh, uh, was it Possessor? Was that his? last film yeah yeah like awesome sci-fi concept there as well uh really cool like i I don't want to spoil what it is here but um 
neat idea that ultimately makes consequences meaningless yeah uh, on this this like little island there are questions about how stuff happens I'm like whatever i'm not gonna don't want to get into that because it's a whole ball of all of of wax that you don't want to kind of melt right now but uh in terms of the overall i thought it, it's really really cool uh mia goth's great uh <laughs> it's a, a, it's a Alexander Skarsgård? Yeah. Selen yeah. is the only yeah. one. Uh, he's great in this as well. Um, thought that like They're both <laughs> phenomenal. Um, There's a few Skarsgårds, but yeah, it's Alexander. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, the other one was in uh, uh, the other one was in It too, right? And, like, and uh, Barbarian. And, yeah. 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 Great, um, like, uh, good family of actors. I like them all, actually. Yes, yeah. They always give good performances. Uh the only thing I will say here is I kind of came out of it going, I wish it went a little further than it does. Like it goes places like, but in terms of gore and um, body horror, I think it's maybe a little bit more reserved than possessor. Uh, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Like I, I don't, I don't die. I, I love the film. I thought it was great, but I was yeah. like, I wanted a little more. I wanted it to get more depraved, honestly. <laughs> like, but, no, because I, I saw you talking about it. And you said I wish it went a little further, and I, I thought to myself, basically what you just said. I'm like, well, I don't think it really went there with the gore. Like it, it was tame compared to Possessor, but I think it went there with the sex. Um, yeah, sure. I, um, I, I wasn't sure what you meant, though. I, I thought maybe you meant like the concepts in it, or or, or what. So that's why I no, wanted to hear. No, just what like you had uh, to say. Yeah. in in terms, yeah, in terms of um, visually what it was pushing. Yeah, it does go there with the sex, although that the the sex scenes in it are uh, well, the one big sex scene. It's like an orgy scene is a uh, done on like some sort of psychedelics. So it's. I don't even think it's an orgy. I think it's just them two having sex, but you see an orgy. Cause, okay. Because yeah, that, that's my interpretation. Yeah, yeah, people, that people might disagree, but I think it's just you because your brain wanders so much while you're, um, you know, tripping that you could be having sex and then just all these random thoughts are going into his head. That that's how I took it as. Yeah, I mean, I, I that 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 works as well. Um, I mean, it could, it could be literal, but I, that's how I, how I read the film. But, um. Yeah, either way, like it is because of that drug effect, though. It's like, that's true. It's just kind of a wild, trippy sex scene, which is neat. Um, <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then there's another, there's a, an earlier scene where <laughs> Mia got uh, wax off uh, Alexander Scarzard's character. <laughs> like, yeah. That came out of no, like, like where that goes, I was like, wasn't expecting because <laughs> like you get scenes like that in other films, but they go all the way with it. <laughs> I have like, a feeling there was more wow. and, that, and that's, I think that, the stuff that got cut was, was, I think there's a lot of sex in the film. and I think the film really goes for it with the sex. I think some of it probably still, I think that's what got cut. I don't think the gore got cut. I think some of the sex got cut for, yeah. for an R. Yeah. But, I, uh, I think it was originally, uh, and C seventeen, so. But uh, I, I'm with you 100 percent on this movie. I, it, I'm actually surprised that you liked it as much as you did, because as I'm watching this, 
I'm sure you thought this is a Jeff movie. <laughs> like, with, oh, yeah, just yeah. like, like, like it's like slow and weird and trippy, and you know, it's it's going for it with the sex and this and that. But I, that's why part of me was like, I, I wonder if Chris is not going to like this because it kind of reminded me of Mandy a little bit, like how out there it gets at points. And I'm like, I don't know if he's going to go for it. But uh, happy you liked it. But yeah, this was like my jam. Like it, I was like in my element watching this. And I think that um, Mia Goth, I mean, she's a great actor. Proved that last year with the Ty West films. She is also just a sex pot, dude. She exudes sex in this. I like loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the crazy thing is, like, she's so attractive, and like, I don't know how she does it without the eyebrows, because normally that would be like a no go for me. But like, she just has it. She has whatever it is. Uh, and yeah, the rest of it, I kind of like said my other thought. I guess the one other thing is like. I am seeing some people who are critical of it saying uh, it doesn't seem like Cronenberg knows what he wants to say. Uh, it seems to all be kind of about nothing. And I kind of like disagree with those takes. I think there was like really interesting stuff in it, like such as, I guess if we don't want to spoil it, I, I thought there was interesting like sci-fi ideas in it. And I, I think, you know, I think he did know what he wanted to say. And I, I, I think the point is, it's all kind of meaningless. Like you kind of touched on that. Yeah. Uh, it's very much, and you know, lots of people have said this. It's like the White Lotus on acid. It's like it kind of makes the point of that. Where it's like the the, the characters in this movie, everything that happens here, it's just a vacation. It's all just nothing. It's just something you go do for a week, and, and that was fun, right? Like that's it, and that's like the thing that's kind of disturbing about it. Um, yeah, and I think uh, that you you see like with that with the final shot really the final the final uh, uh, the the finale of it where um, yeah Stone Skarsgård uh, not Stone Alexander Skarsgård's character he he makes a choice at the end um, and it kind of just cuts from there and it's like yeah he he doesn't know how to adapt to that like he can't just. <laughs> go back to his normal life <laughs> like where everybody else is like yeah all right well i was, i'm gonna was a fun week. yeah i'm gonna move the furniture when i get home and like he's like, like what the fuck <laughs> like, yeah i really like, we, we did yeah. all this crazy shit yeah i really really fucking dug it like i i think you know objectively i think possessor is the stronger sci-fi um and the stronger gore but I, I love I love stories like this about rich people uh, just having fun and, and getting away with, with stuff. And I loved the ideas in this, too. Like, I don't know which one I loved more, but I love them both. And I, I need to go see his first film, Antiviral. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, I think I have. And yeah, now yeah. I kind of want to go see that, except like both of these other ones. Yeah, I, I've, I've never seen his first film. I saw someone say crazily that like he's better than his dad. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'm more excited right now for a new Brandon Cronenberg movie than a new David Cronenberg movie because I did not like Crimes of the Future. I saw it on a lot of top ten lists. I I guess I didn't get it. This was fucking right up my alley. So I uh, I think I said in my letterbox review, I'm like Cronenberg's right up there with Cosmatos for me now. Like, I, I, if he's got a new movie coming out, I'm going to see it. Yeah, so. he's like somebody that like I'm kind of like excited 
yeah. to see what they're doing next. And I think what he's done so far stands on its own. It's not. It's not just oh, he's he's the Cronenberg Junior. Like no, like he, he's he stands on his own for me. So that was it for you, though. That was it. Yeah. Okay. I have some stuff. Um, I'll throw a couple TV things at the top. Did have you been watching The Last of Us? I have not seen it oh, yet. Boy, I heard, wow. uh, heard season uh, episode three was uh, fantastic. Was really though, yeah, yeah, it was. It was good. I maybe not as high on it as some people, but it, you know, it, it it was good. It was very good. Um, just the show. I mean, I'm not going to go into a long thing about it here, but the show in, in general is just incredibly well done so far, and I have no doubt that the whole thing will be great. So I, I really don't have much to add. I just it's very good. <laughs> All right. Um, I will be watching it. I started watching Poker Face on Peacock, which I is kinda, I want to see that too. Yeah, it's a Ryan Johnson show uh, starring Natasha Leone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an old school type of like murder mystery show where she's like solving a new murder mystery every week. So it's like not that, like uh, that is that is my uh, that's my yeah. jam right there. It is theoretically like you could just watch whatever episode of it. You know what I mean? It's like one yeah. of an old, an old school type of show. But at least that's how it's sold, and that's how everyone's talking about it. But there is an overarching like thing to it that like so her character is she's got a special gift, and she could tell um, if somebody's lying. Like that's her thing, and yeah. the f- the first episode, like, and so like outside of her solving these murders every week it's she's like also on the run from a casino boss and the first episode sets up why that is so there is an overarching thing going on that first episode is the best thing ryan johnson's ever done in my opinion like i I, you know I, i say this as someone who's seen pretty much everything he's done and has never really loved. Like I liked Knives Out. I liked this. I liked that. But like this, I really loved the first episode. Um, she, she's working at, a, at the you know start of it. She's working in a casino as a cocktail waitress. One of her coworkers ends up getting killed, and she gets to the bottom of it, and that sends her running for her life. Um, and the, the, the interesting thing is, like, so she's not a um, she's not a detective, like she, so she's not she has no, like no authority. So even though she like solves the crime, you know what I mean? Like she has, it's just like maybe if she convinced the police of that or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the first episode, Adrian Brody is in it a lot as a casino manager. He is so fucking good in this first episode. It's so much fun. Unfortunately, he will not be in more episodes. But man, was he good in it. Um, and you kind of like so. Then once she's on the run, it's a new mystery like every week, and that's, which is kind of like ridiculous that you would just like run into new murders as you're traveling across. The, whatever, it's a TV I mean, show. It's, like, it's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, Murder She Wrote ran for for like seven seasons, and she just lived in like a small like <laughs> seven hundred murders. Yeah, yeah. Um. I'm really enjoying it, and it seems to be that, like, we're gonna have, like, new guest stars every episode, like, pretty high-profile people. It's a cool show, man. It really is, like, I didn't think I would be so, like, into it as I am. A lot of it, I think, had to do with that pilot, though. That pilot is so good. Nice. I'm, uh, 
got to make some time for that because it looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. If you like murder mysteries, you'll enjoy it. And, and it's interesting. It's like they show, like, you know who the killer is at the top of the episode. And, like, it's all about her figuring it out. Like, you know. But it's like her getting to the bottom of it and, and her figuring it out. It's weird. Um, I got some horror for you. I saw a movie called Soft and Quiet. Have you heard of this movie? I have not. It has made some waves in the horror community. It is a ultra low budget movie that came out last year. I don't want to spoil it, but I think the way I described it on Twitter or whatever when I logged it was it's a horror movie about the scariest thing of all, white women. And I don't want to say much more than that. Uh, It has the gimmick of the whole movie is one shot, so there's like no cuts. Uh, I don't, I think it's kind of the movie's detriment, especially in the first 10 minutes when you're just like following this lady walking around. You're like, okay, is something ever going to happen here? Mm -hmm. Um, But she's carrying this pie and she goes into a meeting and she sets the pie down. And when she takes the tin foil off the pie, it was pretty shocking to me. Let me just put it that way. And when she takes the tin foil off the pie and when you see the, what the pie is, I think you're going to know what you're in for, like what type of, like what the movie's going at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you'll know whether you'll, you'll be into it. Um, but yeah, this is getting a lot of notice from, from people in the horror community as this movie that's about the scary real people that are out there, put it that way. Um, it, What's that it, on? It's a uh, rental. Okay. Uh, it is, you know, to be forewarned, could be pretty harrowing and and dark and disturbing at times. But I thought it was it was worthwhile rent. All right. Um, on the opposite end of that, it was a movie called Sick that just came out. I think it's on Peacock. Yes. That is from writer Kevin Williamson and. Not Peter Himes, who directed End of Days, but his John, son. John, John Himes. Yeah, his son. Really well-directed little, like, uh, slasher slash home invasion type movie that is set at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, like, these people, like, these two girls go to, like, this fucking lake house that one of their dads owns or whatever, to get away from everybody because it's it's like it takes place in like April of 2020. Like there's some really good like it'll give you flashbacks of that time, like in the first 20 minutes of like people walking through the grocery store, arrows on the floor everywhere, you know, stuff like that. Like person over speaker, please maintain six feet apart and going home, wiping down groceries and all of that. Like it, it, it like is really good at, at getting those details down. Of just like no one even knowing what this was yet, um, and it's a good excuse for them to like get away from everybody, and then you know get get you know the slasher show up. Yeah. Um, when it when he does, I, I think Himes directed the hell out of it. It's really well directed. Some like brutal action and, and violence. It's awesome. And then you find out why the killer is there and it's one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever fucking seen. That that's what I heard about it was You did too, you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. Our our buddy our buddy Earl watched it when it 
when it hit uh, Peacock, right? When it hit there originally. Mm. And uh, he said it was like really great up until the end. Yeah. Like it kind of like almost like entirely ruins the movie. Like I didn't even give the movie three stars because there's, and it, for me, it wasn't because of this. Like I had listened to, after I saw the movie and did not like it, I listened to the slash film casts, uh, review of it and they did not like the ending for political reasons which for whatever reason didn't even occur to me um i just didn't like it because it felt so stale and dated and it just felt like maybe if you did this like and it came out like that summer maybe that hits better but this was just like oh who cares so stupid um I don't know. It's it's you know you got Peacock. It's something to watch. But uh, like again, the ending I thought sucked. Um, that kind of covers it. I did see the Fablemans. Have you seen that yet? Not. Um, I don't know. I'm just not like not feeling watching a movie about Spielberg by. Spielberg. I was say I was the same way. I'll just say this. Uh, it's it's like you know if you've seen the trailer, it kind of sets you up. For for like oh the magic of movies and this yeah. is how yeah it's not as precious as that okay like, it really isn't and, and that's part of it is like him getting into movies and him making movies on his own with his friends and stuff but it's also you know him getting tormented by bullies and, and uh largely about his parents marriage falling apart um and and so again, I guess it's, it's it's not as precious as you think. Like it, it's more interesting, and it has a sense of humor about it. It has like <laughs> a really good like last five minutes too, like really funny and a really awesome final shot. But uh, it's not like you know, I'm not over the moon like about it. like some people like really really loved it. I'm not like that, but I did like it quite a bit, and I thought it was one of his better movies in a long long time. So put it that way. Okay. Um, Again, it's not like I spent twenty bucks, I think renting or buying it. I don't know. Um, it was just I was on vacation, wanted to see something new. So, uh, but it, I'd say once it's six bucks, I'd say it's worth it. All right. All right. I I, I guess I'll leave it at that. I don't know if I have more or not, but we got two classic <laughs> movies to talk about here. Um, we're gonna start with Class of 1984. Class of 1984. Take a look at my their only law is survival. If you want to survive around here, you have got to learn to look the other way. Their only allegiance is to themselves. You still believe in all that bullshit that holds it together? I pledge allegiance! Otherwise, you'd have done me right. Like this! Hey, look what he's done, man! He tried to kill me! Somebody's got to stop this insanity. Well, you simply can't afford to fail this class. Now, what is the answer? Oh, I am the future. I am the future. 
that you've taught before. Nothing like this has ever happened. All right, I got to deal with it. Who's going to protect you? He's one man trained to deal with students, but they've pushed him to the limit. They've gone too far. Now he's going to give the class of 1984 the lesson they deserve. <laughs> class of 1984, is this the future? Released in August 30th of 1982. Uh, it was written and directed by Mark Lester. He had some help on the screenplay from John Saxton and Tom Holland. Tom Holland of Child's Play fame. Okay. Um, the pedigree right there. Yeah. Um, at a budget of three mil. And I was able to find some box office on it. It did about $7 million at the domestic box office. Um, not terrible, and that was this no. was eighty two, right? So yeah. it's actually pretty decent for for a low budget horror film. It's become kind of a cult classic over the years, uh, but even at the time, there were people that liked it. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun Times wrote, "Class of nineteen eighty four is raw, offensive, vulgar, and violent, but it contains sparks of talent and wit, and it is acted and directed by people who care to make it special." Um, and I just, I guess I'll, well, some of my feelings on it, I kind of agree. Like, I I think there's something to this movie. It is a, both of these movies are, uh, the kids are not all right movies. (laughs) Like, uh, and, uh, kind of, there's like a right wing streak, uh, reactionary streak in any of, ever since rock and roll came out, it was like, the kids are... These kids today, they're they're bad. They're in the drugs and they're in the rock and roll and, and they're trouble. And um, this is a movie that cranks that up to like eleven. Uh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm not to get into how I feel on the film, but like I do feel that there are people today that would kind of like look at this as see this is what's happening in our schools. Like they would, they would buy this bullshit. I would bet you that there's people that watch at the time that were like, we need to do something about this. This is what, this is what, this is what's coming. And that's kind of like, I mean, that's, that's what these movies are, but they're be very fun. So it starts with uh, this text on screen explaining like, how many acts of violence there are a year in schools, and it says this is based on a true story, which I think I think the director, Mark Lester, did read some article where he got the idea of this, but, you know. I mean, I'm sure, like... It, some nugget of, like, a teacher yeah. and a student got into a fight, you know what I mean? Yes. 100%. Um, like, you, you could see where 
uh, a kid or a teacher would escalate things outside of school in the way that this mm-hmm. happened. Like, not to the the effect that happens here. And, and not to the exact detail. Just, yeah. I'm sure there was a kid and a teacher got in a fight or something. Yes. Uh, and, you know, so it gives you, like, this uh, big, scary, like, text at the beginning that says, fortunately, you know, most schools aren't like this yet. Um, and and so what we have here is, like, a movie, like, movie where, like, it's high school as, like, this nightmare scenario where the kids are all, like, violent ki- criminals. And actually got, predicted some things. There's, like, metal detectors and cameras everywhere. Um, but, like, I, I guarantee you, you go to the worst school, like, there's nowhere, like, these kids are just, like, carrying weapons and smoking pot in the hall. It's insane. Um, and, and we're getting introduced to, like, this um, kind of, like, montage of, of, you know, people showing up to uh, to the school. And you got this Alice Cooper song, which I referenced at the top called I Am the Future, and I love this song. <laughs> it's might be my favorite Alice Cooper song. Um, and then we have uh, our main character, uh, who is, his name is Andrew Norris. Uh, he's showing up, he's like a new, he's going to be a new teacher here. He runs into Roddy McDowell. <laughs> and Roddy McDowell's walking into the school with a gun. <laughs> it's insane just in itself yeah he's like why do you have a gun he's like where have you been teaching he's like nowhere he's like it figures uh so like Roddy mcdowell is like this seasoned teacher that's been there forever and is on the like the brink of fucking insanity throughout the whole movie like He's drinking on the job, and he has. There's a really great scene with him. We'll get to, um, but uh, our main character, like he, he can't even get roll call done on his first day. Like these, there's a group of kids, and he, and he's like a what, like a music teacher. Yeah, he's, he's like teaching their music class. I think he's a long term sub, actually. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he can't like. Like literally, his first few minutes, he's trying to do roll call, and these these group of kids who are going to be like our enemies are just giving him hell. Uh, the main one is Stegman, who is played by Timothy Van Patten. I kind of gave you the trivia on this. Timothy Van Patten uh, went on to become a pretty big television director. Like yeah. he's done lots of stuff for for HBO and, and the big stuff like The Wire did lots of episodes of The Sopranos did some episodes of Game of Thrones etc so pretty interesting like this like this little punk kid went on to be a pretty big deal um and he I think is pretty great in it like I, I don't know how you feel about him or his character Stegman like what do you think I mean I think he gives a really good over the top performance it's it's a bit absurd in like, <laughs> like it is completely out there. Like he does not like th- this is nine Oh two one Oh territory where it's like, he does not seem like a, a high school kid. <laughs> like, it seems I, like, and, a, like a true, like sociopath that like, yes, like there's that, but also like, I mean, he just seems older than yeah, everybody yeah, else. I there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of them, I would say that probably. Yeah, yeah. The whole gang is like, like, what? Why are you guys here? Like ten years after he should have graduated. There's a good kid in class who uh, gets a lot of um, 
shit in this, and he looks his age, I think, and that's a young Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I like I. So he's credited as Michael Fox in the credits, yeah. and yeah. It, you know he pops up. He's like you know fifth or sixth to hop on the screen, and and you see him, and it's like first it was like that looks like Michael J. Fox, like <laughs> like a little like a littler version, which is crazy because it's all this is only like two years before Back to the Future. A year before, uh, you know, Family Ties, but he looks super young in it, and I was like, I had to like, you know, kind of look up on my phone. I was like, what was Michael J. Fox's first movie? Yep, yep, yeah, there it is. This is his this debut. Is so he's nobody yet, and he's not even J. Fox yet. He's just Fox. Uh, he's pretty good in it. Um, yeah. He's not a big. He's not a big role, but he acts as like the good kid who, like, you feel bad for because the shit that happens to him. But the shit that happens to the teacher is just, it's this escalating feud between our music teacher and these students, and it starts off like, kind of normal things that you could almost see happening, and it just gets so, so dark and, yeah. and, and worse as it goes on. Um, like, considering what this school is, like, you know, he comes out, his car's like, what, his car's spray painted or... Yeah, yeah. Like, that checks out like for what yeah. this school is like i buy yeah. that i could see that happening yeah anywhere but it's like <clears throat> then the next thing they do is they like they have a list of like uh the faculty's names and their addresses and they like go to his house at night <laughs> and you're like holy shit that's like way out of bounds but then they just like shoot him with a squirt gun that's filled with like ketchup and it's like okay i could see it i guess like it's 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 like way pushing it like then right after that, like right, I think right after that scene, we see these kids at like a punk club, and they're like in the back room, and they like bring some girl in. Like this, one of the guys brings a girl in. She's like, "This girl wants some coke, you know. You know, if you hook her up, she'll hook for us." I was like, oh, "Jesus!" And second was like, "Coke core, huh?" And and they like make her take her clothes off, and he makes her fuck one of the guys, and. The I think pretty hot girl. That's the punk girl. That's with them. Yeah, She's like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch. It's like, Jesus, just so it's like so impulsive this, bad guys. This is kind of where like I was just like, all right, this is completely insane. Insane. Yeah. Like these guys are running a criminal enterprise out of the back of a punk club. Like and not just like a small enterprise. Like they have yeah. like mounds of coke, you know, weed, money guns other weaponry like they're running a legit operation and like they're still showing up to school just to fuck with the music teacher like why why would they care <laughs> yeah. but it's like that that scene in the club and like how repulsive and villainous yeah, they yeah. are it's so over the top that it like it verges on trauma territory like a trauma movie where it's just yeah, it's like so goofy but like it never cracks a smile like it's always actually serious like these yeah kids, this is these kids are bad and i'm like it kind of works for me man and especially i i think when it won me over where i'm like this is more interesting than i expected is kind of the next time that they come into class because they come in there to terrorize them the class again but stegman he sits down at the piano and he's great but he I'm starts playing yeah, yeah yeah and i'm like this is more interesting than I expected. And, um, you know, yeah, he plays like this great piece of classical music and he says, do I get the gig? Like, you know, like 
Capelli's almost kind of like hurt. Or like it's weird. It's like a it's interesting performance. And <laughs> the teacher's just like, no, maybe when you grow up. Um, but it's like the teacher, you know, recognizes that he's actually smart. Like he says it a few times in the movie. He's like, I think Stegman's actually a brilliant kid. He's just on the wrong path. Um, but second is more than just on the wrong path. Like the kid is a sociopath. Like he's absolutely oh, yeah, insane. Absolutely. Like, like there's a part where they like the teacher goes to like talk to him at his house. And... Yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> where's... Mommy, that's that's the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he just like goes into like crazy mode, like where it's like this is not like. And, and I get it. Completely fooled. Yeah, but, but like, like you can see where a parent would be like, "Yeah, you get away from my kid." Like, and and this is after, because the reason he goes to Stegman's house is because there's an altercation in the bathroom where Stegman beats the shit out of himself. Like, yeah, like, that's another great scene. Yeah, like, like he he like he basically like just bloodies himself to a pulp. To make it look like the teacher beat him up, like, yeah, like and it, then that's, puts that's blood on the teacher's hands, yeah. like, yeah. like, it's like, yeah, and like, and like, you're the one that did it, like, like, holy fuck, man, this guy's insane. Yeah, like that. That's why I think he's like a great villain. Like he just does shit. They were just Fantastic, like, oh my yeah. god. Um, uh, skipped over. Uh, there's another great bathroom scene where the teacher walks in on doing a drug deal. Uh, and they they put on an act, and and you know the principal lets them go, and and you get to like the theme of this movie, which is like we're helpless to stop these kids. Where like the principal's just like I think it's the principal, or I don't know if it's a principal or a cop posted up in the fucking school. Um, but like just like oh well, we we don't have the evidence on them, you know, and like our hands are tied, we can't do anything, you know, yeah, like, that's, that, that's kind yeah, of the theme that, of the movie. That's the cop, the, the principal's like, yeah. well, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do, like, like, maybe your job? I don't think... <laughs> the theme of the movie, like, it, it's this right-wing notion that it's the whole thing where, oh, the cops can't beat the shit out of people anymore, then everything's gonna run around, you know what I mean? It, it's like, yeah. we're, we're powerless to stop these people because if we put a hand on them, we're the bad guys, right? Like, that's the whole idea of the movie. And of course, then the teacher has to take it into his own hands. But we'll get there. But uh, the funny thing is, as a result of the drug deal, is this, the dude that brought the angel that's, gets all fucked up and climbs a flagpole and <laughs> falls to his death. And I thought, pretty hilarious fashion. At least I laughed at it. I mean, it's supposed to be taken seriously, but it's just it's so ridiculous. So goofy. Um,. Michael J. Fox was present for this drug deal, and he doesn't rat them out, but they still come after him anyway. Look, they see him talking with Norris. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's ratting us out, so like, yeah, they they come after him and stab him in in the uh, the cafeteria. They, they start a food fight. They shake him and they they start yeah. they start a food fight in the cafeteria as a distraction and shake Michael J. Fox. He lives. He's in the hospital, but uh. Yeah, like it just keeps fucking escalating. Um, they they come back to uh, the teacher's house and throw a Molotov in his car. Um, and again, like the police won't do anything because this whole idea that they're powerless now really disturbing. Um, so the Roddy McDowell character is a biology teacher. There's a scene where he comes in and his whole biology lab, all his like, is you know 
animals yeah. that he keeps are fucking like skinned. There's a cat hanging. Like it's you know, they're skewered and on stuff. Like it's really kind of disturbing. Like like the you know the amount of animal cruelty that that they these kids did. Um, and that that's when we get the fight between them in the bathroom. After that, um, we got that scene where we talked about where he goes to his house to talk to him. And so then the Roddy McDowell character Terry's like heavily drinking. <laughs> he says he's a failure. Like they're like at some like you know picnic cookout thing, and he says he's done with teaching. He goes back <laughs> to school and fucking loses it. <laughs> like, uh, and I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. He pulls a gun on the students and starts asking questions. <laughs> uh, really great, I think. Like the whole scene is very tense, and like people are standing and watching. Like our main character Andrew Norris is is standing and watching, trying to talk about it. Like, put away the gun. What are you doing? And he's like, I'm teaching these students. You see, they're finally answering questions. Like it's fucking, <laughs> it's it's tense, man. Like he even scares Stegman in the scene. Um, and uh, I think he tries to shoot uh, Stegman. He does right right at the end, and uh, Norris kind of stops him. Stops he, like him, yeah. he, 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 the gun goes off towards the ceiling, and Stegman runs out. Um, yeah, like that that whole scene, like it's great. It's a great scene, like super tense, but it's also like I mean, this principal is like, what the fuck is he doing? It's like as soon as you hear that, like your a teacher has a gun pulled, like you're not waiting to call the cops. You've already done it. Also, after the whole thing goes down, they're just like, "Oh, well, he had a nervous breakdown." It's like, dude, wouldn't he be arrested? Like, yeah, a hundred percent, yes. But no, he's out, and and it's it's great though because then he, Roddy McDowell he like tracks down these kids coming out of the punk club. And he tries to run him over. It's fucking great. He fucking flips his car. It blows up, dude. Like, it's fucking pretty great, dude. At one point, like, Stegman, like, ends up on the front of his car. Um, he's yeah, yeah. He's driving Stegman on the car. It's hysterical. And, like, yeah. th- this is crazy because, like, Norris, again, saves Stegman. Yeah, yeah. Like, he stops, like, he, he saves him in the classroom. And then again, he saves him. And that that's where it's like, why is this guy so unhinged and like against Norris? Uh because the Norris only one is, giving him a shot. Like yeah, yeah. Norris is the only one treating all of these people like humans. Uh, <laughs> but we're in total like you know, if if the car flipping over and blowing up to let you know we're in total B movie exploitation territory now. Like yeah. we're just having fun. This is a fun like drive in movie. Um uh there the I mean there's one other thing I want to touch on before we get to the end, which is like a scene in the hallway where Stegman gets in his in Norris's face and he's like, I am the future. I am the future. I'm the future. He just keeps saying it to him. <laughs> I don't know, I love it. And it's you know, it references the Alice Cooper song, which I also love. But then we get like the, the climax of this movie, which is like Well, I have thoughts. I've I think one of the drawbacks is, is is in the climax, but like it goes really over the top now with the kids because Yeah, a little too far, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, this is common 
like I think we brought this up before. It's the stuff that happens. The, there's a rape, and like it's so, it was so common back in the day. Like, look at uh, what was it? Last month, the month before, we're talking Silent Night, Deadly Night. He's raping some lady in the middle of the street for no reason as he's mugging her. Yeah, uh, it was just like rape was a go-to crime to to depict. Um, but yeah, so our our main character Norris, he's conducting a concert with the students at the school at night. And Stegman and his crew go to to Norse's house, and they like straight up rape his wife, and like not just like like they take turns raping her. It, it's like it's a gang pretty rape. fucking horrifying. Yeah, it's, like um, they take photos of it. Yeah, and they take photos of it. The school, like, and the hot girl. At least I thought I, I have a little crush on her. I love her. Uh, she passes along a pic of his wife being raped just as the concert is about to start, and you know she kind of like taunts him, and, and he loses it, and he just leaves the concert. And, and of course, you know, of course he would, right? Like, and he's just like chasing this gang throughout the school, and this is our big climax. where, like the teachers had enough. I think anyone would have enough at this yes. point. I, I can see yeah. myself. Uh, and he just goes crazy, and uh, you know, like he, they're leading him along, and then there's a, a few encounters he has with them. But like, you know, uh, he runs into one kid in, in like the the wood shop or whatever, and he fucking <laughs> starts his fucking arm off. That's such uh, a good scene. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's when I was like, "Whoa, we're really going for it here." <laughs> yeah. And it's like if you like read reviews on Letterboxd and stuff, like people are like all of a sudden it turns into like, like you know the main character is like the slasher in a slasher movie, and he starts killing all these people. And like I kind of agree, especially in the scene here where he like he like takes the kid's arm off. But then my this is my problem, anyways, is like I wanted to go way further. I wanted way more of that at the end of him getting like he does get his revenge. He like lights a kid on fire. He like runs over the girl and, and like <laughs> crutches her in a car. Um, but I just wanted, I guess for, for me, like the one drawback to this movie to me is like, I wanted him to like really fucking like get like a half hour of killing these kids and, and, and like some gore, like more like yeah, the sawing like, off the arm stuff. It, it's like 10 minutes tops. Mm. If that. And so like, this is a part of the movie that gets so hyped up. I'm like, I to me, it's the part that falls like I found like the stuff with the escalation between him and the students like really interesting. I I found Stegman really interesting as a character, and I like where it ends up, which is the teacher has to kill the students, and, and we get some fun stuff. But like, I just want more of it at the end. I guess that's my thing. That's fair. Um, we you know, we get a final confrontation on the roof. Um, watch this Stegman through the skylight. And segment, you know, of course, like is hanging there. And he's like, "Please, Mister Norris." Yeah, he's like doing the like villain turn where he's like, "Oh, I'm," you know, and he's trying to fool him. Uh, he's like, "What does he say? I'm, I'm gonna fall. I'm just a kid." And, yeah, yeah, and like, and and Norris, like, being again, the, helps him. Yeah, being like the nice guy that he is, even now, like he's he's he has. You know, photographic evidence of his wife being gang raped by these people. He's killed for four of them, <laughs> but he's still like, I will. Okay, yeah. I, I will. I will help you 
because I'm not a complete monster. And he sees something in Stegman too, I guess, you know, that's been yeah. established. But so yeah, he goes to hold his hand on Stegman and Stegman tries to stab him, so then he just punches Stegman in the face. And the way Stegman falls, like he falls in, into like the auditorium where they're having the concert, he somehow gets tangled up in the rope that he's hold, was hanging on to and hangs himself. Pretty fucking, pretty fucking awesome. Uh, but then, like, it just like ends so yep. quick after that. Boom! All done. Like, like the, he's hanged, and then like they show Andy up on the roof, and it says we get more text, and it says Andy Norris was not prosecuted because the police could not find anyone who actually saw it happen. Like, okay, what? That's fucking absurd. <laughs> That's not like it's the most like, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, re- regardless of what you you want to like say about you know police work and and what what they can do that is not how like prosecution works like there's plenty of evidence that everywhere killed these five kids. nobody saw what happened and like you could make the argument that hey we're going to let them off on self defense or whatever but <laughs> but not there's no evidence so dumb it's just it's such a weird like it's such an abrupt ending too like I'm fine with. I like when movies end. Like, you know, I always tell you this. Like, I like when like a movie will end right in the middle of something and just cuts to black right in the middle. But this is like weirdly abrupt. Like, it's just like you're expecting more, and then just title card that explains that. Like, this ridiculous explanation makes no sense. And then I am the future by Alice Cooper starts playing again, and that's the end. What do you think of Class of 1984, Chris? Um. I mostly, I mean, we, we've kind of touched on most of it, but I, I liked it. I think like it is, is like a goofy, enjoyable time. Uh, you, you know, mostly I, I do like. I don't know. I found the 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 gang rape scene like quite distasteful. You're right. It is like a trope of like these early late seventies, early eighties films. Uh, it's just, like, they're tough for to watch now. Because- I yeah. think one because we're adults and we understand it better. But like, I think we as a culture understand it better. Like how traumatizing and stuff. Like it was yeah. just used as this thing. Then it's just like these people are bad. It's like no regard to like how horrible the crime actually really is. Yeah, we've already established how bad they are. Like we don't really need yeah. to go to like they're the ninth circle of hell people. Like I think we're we're already there. We were pretty close when they, like, sacrificed an entire classroom worth of animals and stapled them to the walls. Like, I'm fine. They, these are fucked up big kids. Like, I, I'm fine with it, but it, it does feel a little icky. I'll say that. Like, it. it yeah. I'm fine with them going all the way because then it really gives you, like, it really gives him a, a reason to, to, to go oh, after. For, but you, for sure. But you I feel think we, a little dirty. You feel like you need a shower. You could also do it with, you know, with them just kidnapping her. Or something. Yeah, and, yeah, and all, yeah. Cause like they do that too, right? Like they kidnap her, bring her to the school. Like you didn't need the, the excessive Good you point. Know, rape scene. It's just, it's yeah. was just extra on top of a film that has already been so extra. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, really good performances. I love seeing like Michael J. Fox there, like yeah. early in his career. Um, I thought that Perry King was was very good as as a 
um, you know, Mr. Norris and Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned his name. Yeah. He's he's good. I don't know what I've seen him in else other than this, but he, he was good in this. Yeah, and then Timothy Van Patten was uh, you know, he is a he's a sick motherfucker in this movie, but he, he plays it perfectly. Um re- really, you know <laughs> it it is of a time. Like it is yeah. like it, it, it looks like a film from nineteen eighty two and kind of feels like it too is yeah. with some of it, but uh I had, for the most part, had a good time watching it. Uh, Randy? Uh, six out of ten. Alright. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on this. Um, I, I, I think it's fun, but it's also like a, a gritty, nasty, down and dirty kind of B-movie. Like, uh, I love Stegman as a villain. I think he's like a really good sociopath. Um, like, these kids are all so evil that you're like, you're just you can't wait for the teacher to get even with them, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the only thing for me is like, I wish, you know, we got more of the teacher getting even with them at the end. Cause we got so much buildup and so much torment that you're like, ah, I wish, I wish like he got to kill him for at least another 10 yeah, minutes. It's just not uh, enough catharsis. But, uh, I agree with you. Perry King was pretty good in it. And Roddy McDowell is, awesome as a teacher who's losing it and drinking and going nuts. Uh, as I mentioned, I think her name is Lisa Langelis. Uh I thought very pretty or like, I don't know, she's kind of my type in it. I like her. Yeah, she's she's cute. Yeah. Um, she's still pretty looking. I was watching some of the interviews on the, the Blu-ray. Uh, and Michael J. Fox, it's cool to see him in his first role. He, and he's, you know, he's not like a major character, but he's like an important part of the plot. I for me this is a pretty special little exploitation movie like and it, I think you know it's not just me saying it, it has earned its reputation through time um and uh yeah I, I like I like for me it's just special like I like it a lot I've seen it three times now I think and I'm sure I'll see it now that I own it on Blu-ray I'll see it again and again uh for me it's a 7.5 all right uh, now, Chris, uh, before we get into Hell High, I should mention to you, uh, there actually was a sequel to uh, Class of 1984. Do you know about this? Um, I only know because I looked at the wiki. Uh, yeah. uh, Class of 1999? Yes, Class of 1999. It released in 1990. Is Mark Lester did it again. It's like his sequel to it. And, you know, in case you're worried if he was straight right wing, this is a really different take it's uh it's um the teachers are the bad guys and the students are the good ones like so the teachers are or the students are going to this like prison like school and the teachers are all evil or actually not just evil they're fucking cyborgs <laughs> <laughs> and it stars uh pam greer as as one of the cyborgs i think um Worth checking out, I think. Uh, last I checked, it was on Tubi. Like I watched it on Tubi like last year. Um, not as good as Class of 1984, but fun—a fun like you know, crappy movie. Um, they did do a sequel to that as well, but Mark Lester was not involved. Uh, it was called like Class of 1999 Part Two. <laughs> But uh, yeah, class. Nine, I, I can't speak to that one, but class of nineteen ninety nine is is worth checking out. Uh, like I said, not as good, but worth checking out. All right. Um, 
But our second film tonight is Hell High. Don't understand learning, do you? Mr. Dickens, file those test papers. These test papers, ma'am? File. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> They're filed. All they try and do at this school is mold us into exactly everything that we hate. So what do you want to do tonight? I've been thinking about it. A little scared. At least that bitch, Miss Storm, won't give us any more trouble. She finally got what she deserved. There's certain laws we can't break. This is real trouble, real jail. should have hurt my darling. Uh, Hell High was released in on May 12th of 1989. Uh, it was written and directed by Douglas Grossman. He had help writing from Leo Evans. Uh, this was a movie that this guy had a dream of making a movie. He made it and that was kind of it like for him. You know, he. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Douglas Grossman did much else. If you watch the Blu-ray, he gives all these excuses why. <laughs> I, I'm my honest guess is that like this movie was not much of a success, and so you know he cut his losses and went back home. I don't know what he does now, but he has a bunch of stories and reasons why. But what he wanted to do here. He did not want to do like a slasher movie or a horror movie. He, in fact, was not really into that genre. He wanted to do, in his words, uh, a uh, what should I call it? What's that Kubrick film with the fucking bad kids? Uh, Clockwork Orange. Like he wanted to do like a Clockwork Orange type thing, right? It has a has a feel to that for sure, mm-hmm. but. They added in a bunch of shit because slashers were hot, and you know he's like, "Ah, oh, well, we'll put we'll put tits in this, and we'll put like slasher kills in this, so that we could sell it and, and, and it'll make money." Um, and you can kind of feel that I think watching it, um, like, and the weird, you know, unfortunately for him, it took him many years to get it made. He shot most of it and had to go back like a year after he shot it to to get the rest, and and you know it released even after that. So it released again in nineteen, you know, nineteen eighty nine, which was like well after the slasher period. Like we, you still had your big ones, like uh, you yeah. know, in nineteen nineteen eighty nine, you're still getting like. Jason takes Manhattan and stuff, but even like that series is run out of steam. This is not, this yeah. is not like when, you know, you would, you would get terror train or road rage yeah. or, or stuff like that, which would be independent of, you know, the franchise slashers. Yeah. 
that's and well it, past that. Yeah, and it feels like something that should have came out in 1982, 1983. It might have done okay. Right? 100%. Like yeah. It, it, it's it's mind-boggling to this film because it does not feel like a film from 1989. Yeah. Like, uh, Crash from 1984 feels more modern than this, and it's and not this... much more modern, but, but more modern than what this film is, yeah. So that's kind of the story behind Hell High. Like, because of its delayed production and release, and just delayed, especially its delayed release, like, it kind of arrived after Slashers mattered. And so the things he added to it to, to make it, like, you know, a marketable thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it didn't matter anymore. In fact, sadly, like, the bad guy in this, Christopher Stryker, he died of AIDS two years before the movie ever released. So uh, it's kind of a sad footnote of this of this movie. But um, how high? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it has this insane opening. Yes, um, yes, it does. There's a little girl. She's like playing in a shack with her doll. A couple comes and she hides. Uh, the couple, again, we get some uncomfortable sex stuff where the guy's like really forcing himself uh, on his girlfriend or whatever. Um, she's not into it. Uh, it's a dirty fucking place. <laughs> yeah. And he like finds this girl's doll and rips her head off, which is important to what's just about to happen. Um, but his girlfriend, she's not comfortable. She gets up and she's like, wants to leave. And uh, they leave to go on this motorcycle. And they like go back th- down this trail, and they turn around, coming back towards the this little shack. And the girl's waiting for them. She throws mud in their faces, and they crash, and they somehow impale themselves. Yeah, they fly it's, off the bike, end up on so, some sort. It's goofy, but it's, wow, yeah. it is it is out there. Like it's bonkers, and I think it's like one of. I don't know. I think a lot of insane things on in this, but it's, it is an insane opening. The, but then we cut to 18 years later, and that girl is like a teacher now, like a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got this complete asshole Stegman like student uh, who I forgot his name. Dickens. Is Dickens. His name. Yeah. Now, and, and uh, she ends up like slapping, and he's like being a total fucking dickhead, and, and she slaps him. Uh, you know, and she comes across as pretty unhinged in the scene too. And yes. that's part of the story here is that like she's unhinged as well. There's not so much an escalation like class of 1984. It's kind of like because she slapped him, this kid is going to get even with her, and that's it. Um, of course, things do escalate in their own way, and we'll talk about like how that happens. And actually, it's why part of why I really like this movie actually. Um but yeah, so we got the psycho bully played by uh Christopher Stryker. Um he he it's <laughs> they do some weird things. Like he picks on the jocks. I, I don't think that's something I've ever seen anywhere, like in real life or in a yeah, movie. It's really weird. Like he is just like this punk kid that like is able to fuck with everybody. It's like it would be like if the dude. Well, I guess the dude in the Breakfast Club kind of did fuck with the jock, didn't he? Uh, what's his name? Uh, I know you know what I'm talking about. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, he's like, <laughs> it's so weird. He tells the jock that football is for queers. It's like, okay, if you say so. Um, kind of a cartoonish. I mean, segment's kind of cartoonish too. But like, this guy's like drinking a giant handle of Jack and his convertible in front of the school. Um, and and he, you know, he gets this idea of following the teacher home. And wanting to do a prank on her and this and that. There's an interesting thing where you have Stegman saying, I am the future, and you have this guy saying, the future is now as they're driving this car. Yeah. There's nothing after high school, he tells, he tells his friend. They go to her house, they watch her take an erotic shower. Yeah. Super gratuitous. Like, and again, it's like, you can feel all these things that are tacked into this, which makes me wonder if like the movie could have been even more interesting if they didn't do this stuff. Um, but like, she's like taking a shower and like playing with herself, like rubbing her tits and like rubbing the soap all over her. Like it's it's clearly done to, so that you could have, you know, a there's tits and ass in this, right? And like, it, it's really goofy, but like I. I don't know. I've never lived by myself um, to to that degree. Uh, like you know, if you had a house, like would you just like not use your shower curtain? You would just have like you just leave it open, and all your doors are open, and you would just rub yourself. I, maybe I don't know. Like it was just a little weird. It, none of it is real. Like um, uh, there's a part where they ask him like. They're like all hanging out, like him and his group of, you know, lackeys. Like, what do you want to do tonight? And he says, I've been thinking about it. I got something in my head and I got to get it out. I, I, I thought that was a really cool line. Um, and, uh, <laughs> they like go to like this football game. <laughs> Stupid part where they like drive onto the field and I think they steal a football and drive off. Yeah, like they're the, the play happens, quarterback drops back, and uh, he's going to, like, throw it down the field. Very realistic-looking football here, too. <laughs> and they just, like, drive across the field, intercept the ball, <laughs> and do a couple, like, points or something and drive off. Like, it's so dumb. The coach takes the teacher out on a date, which, by the way, like, not buying this coach being able to go out on a date with this lady. Or anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there, it, the coach I did find a little bit funny, like because he's um, funny, yeah, it's he, ridiculous. To, 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 I mean, he's a little like he's a little like oh, like you're you're frigid. Like at one point, Very, like, he's really pushy with the teacher. Yeah, but like when he finally does get her out of the date, like she's just like you know he's like I could come inside, and she's like no, yeah. no, I have a headache or something. Like she just has something like ridiculous. Like I just need to go lay down. And she shuts the door at his face, and he's just like, "Those, those losers had just won the game." Yes, I would yes, have say that. <laughs> like he starts talking to himself on her porch about, or, or on her stoop about how, like, if the team had just won, then she would really <laughs> want to bang him. But uh, <laughs> Dickens has like this whole plan about basically just going to do like a little prank on her. Which is, I think, going too far to begin with. But like, I like 
when in a movie like the character's like, oh, we're just gonna do this little like prank or whatever, and it like escalates really badly. Like I love that. And it actually happens in that movie I brought up tonight called Soft and Quiet. Mm-hmm. Um but like that that's kind of what happens here is like they like go to the swamp and can like collect like scooping up slime and mud with their hands in the garbage bags and then they like go up they get masks which I really love like the look of like all their masks and they go up on her roof and like they're like stomping on her roof and and they throw slime down below onto her windows yeah um and she starts to have like you know this you know the beginning becomes important because she starts to have flashbacks uh, she th- like she's she like traumatized, and you yeah, know. she thinks it's the two kids she killed. Like, yeah, yeah, accidentally, not accidentally, they've come back throwing mud and slime at her, at her house, um, and they're demons that that are going to come kill yeah. her because because of what she did. Um, and, all, and I guess yeah. you should probably note that like the legend of of that of like those two kids dying, um. It's something that has permeated down to the teenagers. Like it's something that Dickens and and John they, John they know about her. They don't know about her. Oh, but they, they know, just know what happened. They know that like, or there's like you know the the legend of kids go down there and they they end up getting oh, killed. Yeah. Like so there's like some something in the woods, yeah, out there to 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 kill them and like oh, it's yeah, really, yeah. it all ties back to her. Yeah. Um. So they keep, yeah, they terrorize her. They smash her window, or actually, she—I think she smashes a window with a bat and hits Dickens. Uh, everyone runs off except for Dickens. Like no one knows where Dickens is. Um, some lady friend shows up for her and gives her a quaalude. <laughs> Here, take a quaalude. Her, her teacher <laughs> friend, the one that hooked her up with the. I the, wish the, I had friends like this. Whoever still got quaaludes out there, I'd like to try it. But yeah, gives her a quaalude and puts her to bed. Um, but like Dickens hangs back and sticks around to go in and fucking rape her. And if you thought like the shit and fucking yeah, this is this, this is, this is about as bad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one's worse. They're like kind of both as bad. He hangs back to like rape her, and he's like, it's more like sensual with him like rubbing on her and like trying to turn her on. It's really kind of fucked up. And it gets more fucked up because they send the one girl back to look for Dickens, like the the one girl in the group, to look for Dickens, and she finds him trying to rape her, and then she's like, "Let me show you." <laughs> like, well, for, first she's like, "What are you doing, you gross yeah. motherfucker?" And then like he like explains something, and then she starts fucking sexually assaulting her. It's like, absolutely fucking insane. Like this girl's just like. Yeah, uh, here, let me show you. I'm going to fucking... The one good guy in the group comes... Like, all all other kids come back and find this shit happening and going down. And the one good guy in the the group, who is Ted from Breaking Bad, is young Ted from Breaking Bad, uh, this guy that uh, Skylar cheated with, Mm -hmm. he, he show you know, he... He's with them and he shows up and he's like, he's not going to let this happen. Him and, and Dickens get in a fight. Dickens gets up and jumps out the window. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. 
Yeah. They think she's dead and, uh, you know, they run. And that, that's like, I, that's what I like about it. Like, it, it like it starts off as like, oh, we're, we're doing this prank to her. And it ends up with like an hour later where it's like, she jumps out of the window. They think she's dead. They're on the run. And like, and then I love when characters get in this situation and they're trying to like figure out like, um, like what they got to do to get out of it. Yeah. And Dickens decides they should like frame the quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. I think he says like to go grab something from him and like plant it in her house. Um, and like the one good quote unquote good guy in the group kind of goes along with it to avoid prison. Yeah. Cause Dickens is like, and, and this, you know, it's a trope of all these, right? Like you were there, you you saw the crime. You're gonna, they're gonna blame you for it too. You're just like, much trouble, yeah, yeah. Like, man, I would get in trouble for maybe the slime shit, but I'm gonna be like, look, I tried to stop him from this nonsense. Or yeah, uh, and no matter what, you're gonna get less time than going yeah. along with. Yeah, like, but I'm uh, gonna completely admit to the fact that, like, hey, he tried to rape her and she jumped out the window, like. But I could see it. Like I could see it. Yeah, especially like, being a dumb you're not kid. thinking straight. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like they actually send the good guy back to the diner where like the team would hang out after games or whatever. Yep. And he steals like uh, the quarterback's jacket out of his car and slashes his tires. But they see and they they, they chase him on motorcycle. Meanwhile, like Dickens and this other dude are just like hanging out in her house, um, get really disgusting. Fucking like Dickens eating cold hot dogs. Like what the fuck? So yeah. gross, dude. Um, and also like clearly like, this is before DNA, but like also like they do not seem to give a fuck about the mess that they're creating in their house. They're just creating more and more of a mess. And like, yeah, they're just touching more everything. Like, 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 yeah. And I think they do at one point, like say something about the fingerprints, but it's like, like you're just touching everything. You're sitting on touching all everything, the furniture. Trashing and... everything. Like you should be like trying to clean everything, wearing gloves. Like, yeah, you know? <laughs> you're going to blame it on this other kid. And yeah. yet you're touching everything. Um, now is when we get into like the revenge territory though, because the the bat the girl who like tried to rape her, like she goes outside, she hears the teacher alive calling for help, and the teacher bashes her head in with a rock. Meanwhile, we still have like the longest chase ever going on with ridiculous. Uh, with these football players. He gets I them do, to fall off their fucking motorcycle and their motorcycle explodes. I do think it's a little funny. It's like a the, the the goofy guy. I think his name's Smiler. Um, and Dickens, like, where the hell is John John at? Like, because like, like it's taking forever, and like they're actually Dude, commenting on this. This like chase goes across counties, man. It's just like how like there's so much footage of them chasing each other. Um, but he eventually does get back to the house and he hears the teacher too. She gets him with a rock to the head too, but he lives. He'll be back. Um, the other two guys are just chilling in the house. Even the big guy gets sick of Dickens and he leaves. He sees John's car. He's like, where's John? You know, like, um, she stabs him in the head with, she ends up stabbing him in the head with a pencil. She comes at Dickens with a knife. 
She's like gleefully smiling as she stabs him. And this is what kind of put it over the top for me. She fucking ties Dickens up by the fireplace against the wall. And she's apparently going to dissect him. She's got like a biology book out. I thought okay. that was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, hey. that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, uh, no, it's just like because you know, he, he, John John comes in, yeah. puts Dickens down. Yeah, John John, our good guy, shows up, and, and um, I think she goes to attack him with a poker. Wait, and and D- Dickens has the knife at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets Dickens down. Dickens goes after her with a knife. Yeah, and she, I think she, she stabs him with a fire poker or something. Like he, a... yeah, yeah. She impales him like with a. He like I think he falls on her or something, but like yep. she impales him with a fire, like a fire poker. But at the same time, it cuts her throat. He, Dickens is able to slash her throat with a knife, so you basically have everyone dead at this point, except for John John. He's just standing there, like whoa, you know. He's just like, I'm gonna follow through with Dickens' plan. Like at this point, man, you are safe. Just get the fuck out of there. They just throw the quarterback's jacket on top yes. of their bodies. Like, yes. yeah, that explains everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, John John leaves, but he's struck. Um, he stays up all night, like staring at the TV and stuff. And the next day in class, he like can't pay attention. And he's freaking out. And the, the police actually come in to arrest the quarterback because somehow the plan worked. Wow. Um, and then it's just like, you know, John John freaks out in class and starts screaming, and that's the end of the movie. Like Well, I'll let you go first. What'd you what'd you think of Hell High? Uh, I did did not like this one. Um I, I mean I thought they, we we talked about it. Like that opening, awesome. Like it is yeah. goofy over the top, but then it never like kind of like changes tone after that. It's a weird, weird thing. And I think probably can be attributed to to everything you said about the production yeah, yeah. of this, where you know they were tacking shit on here and there to make it to make it a slasher. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I think that's part of its problem. Is like I don't think it knows what it wants to be. Um, I I think you you saying that you know, he was looking to kind of make a uh, Clockwork Orange type thing makes sense. In my head, what I was thinking is like they took like a. Like I spit on your grave, and like a slasher film, and they kind of mushed them together with like a high school nonsense. Like it just yeah. didn't work for me. Um, yeah. I, I think the Clockwork Orange thing makes way more sense. Just uh, okay. Uh, it still doesn't work for me, but <laughs> I think yeah. it makes more sense than like like a, a you know I spit on your grave is a rape revenge. Uh, film like uh, that's kind of the correlation I was drawing here, but uh, it's similar in Clockwork Orange, where you know they they break in, rape the the family, and then at the end they, they get their comeuppance. But um, there's something here. I think yeah, I think there is. Just, uh, I don't know if it ever hits on on what is there. Like I don't think they ever explore any of it enough. Um, some cool scenes, like I did thought the uh, the whole mask thing, like with the slime, was neat. Like the escalation of the prank into being criminal makes sense. Like it's a, it, it's a natural evolution of like this shit has gone bad. 
Um, but none of it really kind of like I I didn't like any of them. I didn't didn't like any of the yeah. characters. Uh, John John's fine, but I think like you're supposed to. He's supposed to be the most relatable one. Uh, but also like Brooke, the teacher, like. I mean, she she's completely also kind of, crazy too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but like, you can't like. Yeah, she's a she's a loon. They're all loons. Like, they all make a lot of dumb dumb decisions. And it's like, I don't know. It just didn't really click for me. Uh, rating? Uh, go five out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I I can see that. I just to to me like. I don't know. I watch this and I'm like, this has like I, I watch it as a slasher and I'm like, it has more going on than than like your typical slasher. And on top of it, I got the uh, I think Arrow Video uh, Blu-ray that they just put out like I think last year of it, and it like they cleaned it up. It like it looks so nice, like it looks cinematic, which is like, oh pretty yeah, cool. like I don't, I don't remember, what the hell was I watching it on? I think I, this YouTube? is the one. I was on, yeah, this was on YouTube, yeah. so it was like. It's all grainy, like it looks yeah. worse than Class of nineteen eighty four. Like, yeah, like, like they it, yeah. they did a hell of a job cleaning it up. Like they just made it look like this masterpiece. Like so, like they like elevated it with their restoration of it. Um, so like it, it had those two things going for it. I'm like, all right, it, you get the slasher elements, but like it's more interesting what's going on. Like, and like I was into these kids getting themselves in this bad situation and then doing worse things to get out of it. Like I, I was like so into that. That, um, that shit makes sense, right? Yeah. Like it's a nice escalation of like how things would progress. And I love uh kind of how car- hardcore or like bleak the ending felt like where it's just like one, I love that she was about to dissect him. And then two, I love that like they both end up getting killed, and then John John's like he would do if we're being honest, what a lot of people would do, which is like try to get out of it, right? I like dug that. I dug all that. Like so like so this movie like I was expecting not a lot out of and it kinda of surprised me. Um it's no masterpiece, don't get me wrong or anything. Like for me it's like a it's like a six out of ten. But I did okay. dig it. It's something I probably will watch again. Um but at the end of the day, you know, I think class of 1984 borders on classic, and this is just like a hidden gem, in my opinion. Uh, polling, polling wise, 100% went to class of 1984. I think you're going class of 1984. Yes. Class of 1984. Congratulations. You beat Hell High. Maybe it wasn't a fair fight. But again, I was happy to discover how high of this. I, 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 sorry that you didn't like it as much, but yeah, I'm not yeah. like super surprised by that. Um, uh, I mean, two new films. I mean, they're not new, yeah. but two films I had never seen before. Yeah. Um, and one that was like, you know, I had never seen Class of 1984. Like, I thought that was like to see Michael J. Fox in like a horror film. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, whatever. We we don't hit on every film. Hey, I, I thought this is a this is a fun one for me. I like these types of movies too. Like, I love, uh, like I said, teacher student movies. I love people like getting themselves in trouble. So this is a fun one for me. I think these 
two went together thematically more than some of my future choices will. So, but speaking of which, what do you have for us next month on the podcast? So I alluded to it uh, in our our January episode. Uh, oh yeah, Possession uh, from 1981, uh, which is now on Shutter. Kind of, uh, it's been a hard to watch film for for many many years, and we're gonna pair that um, with a David Cronenberg film, The Brood. From 1979, uh, and that is available on HBO Max. What is the what is the thinking on that? What is the brute? I haven't seen the brute either. So they are um, they're both like psychological horror films, like uh, with, with tinges of body horror in both. Okay. I mean, the brood. I mean, it's it's a Cronenberg film, an early Cronenberg film. So. Uh, there, there's going to be some body horror there, and Possession has some of it as well. Uh, the tie is more about adulthood and, um, you know, adult themes. Like, uh, Possession's about divorce, The Brood is about, you know, parenthood and, uh, stuff of that nature. So they're not the horror, completely related. The horror, we'll call it the horror of family. Yeah, sure. Sure, we go with I'm that. Trying to, so I can put it in a nice tweet. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, the the, the horror of marriage. <laughs> when you say brood is about marriage, to a little bit. Uh yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. it, it is about a a marriage kind of falling apart as this woman is about to become a mother. You know what's funny? I have several cooking that are the horror of marriage too. <laughs> so. But I'm excited about this one because I knew you were picking Possession. I had actually uh, started to watch Possession because it's on Shutter and uh, stopped myself because I knew you were going to pick it. But I'm going to get to it right away in case it goes away real yeah, quick. It's, it, it, like, no, I will be interested that? to... I have not seen it in... It's probably been 25 years or so. I can't believe you were like, man, were you going to film school 25 years ago? How the fuck did you know about Possession? Jeez. <laughs> I used to hang out. So this is bad. I mean, this is this is where you could date us. Um, Suncoast Video. Oh yeah, I used to. I, yeah. I used to hang out there. Knew like you know some of the clerks there, and would like just hang out, talk movies, and you know they they get a sense of like what you like, and they'll they'll suggest shit to you. And one day they just suggested like, hey man, like I see you've been getting a lot of horror stuff. You gotta check this thing out, like. All right, and it was pretty fucking freaky then. Um, I don't know how it holds. I've not seen it since then. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, I've seen, I've seen a little bit of it. <laughs> I will say this about possession, and and uh, maybe this changes for me as I actually see the whole film and blah blah blah. It's going up again. Like it came out what. In 1981, yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of really great cinema and television about um, Marilyn Strife. So I think that aspect of it is going to be hard to match with things recently like uh, A Marriage Story or Fleischman is in Trouble, etc., etc., etc. But none of those things combine it with horror, so I'm still very interested and... uh, 
Very it's young like, Sam Neill in it. Yeah, very, very young Sam Neill. It's a, it's also one of those ones that just like if you've been around the horror community, like oh, I, 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 I a possession. Like it's a legend. It's a yeah. Legend. So I'm very excited to check it out. Uh, again, I didn't get to any of the cool stuff yet. Though. <laughs> it was still. It, it takes simmering. It, it is it's simmering. It's, yeah, it's a two-hour film. It takes a little bit to yeah. to get to the freaky shit. Well, we're gonna get to it soon, and we will talk about it next month on the pod. All right, along with the brood, which I have also not seen. And by the way, we'll probably get more Cronenberg this year too. So good, good year. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a strange year because I got some weird shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'll be back next month. Uh, thanks for listening.